Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From page to screen. Good evening, Rob. Welcome to March. It's March. It's now the 12th month since we uh, locked ourselves down. Crazy, isn't it? It'll be uh, 2022 before we know it. (laughs) It will be. And then imagine all the big films are going to come out of the cinemas if they're still around. It'll be like everything. You just have to move into a movie theatre. Yeah, like uh, Jurassic Park 27. Yeah, probably like John Wick 3, 4, 5, Top Gun 2, yeah. 3, Fast and Furious 9, 10, 11 and 12. So, you know, I'm all right with that. It's fine. So, how's things? How was uh, was February a good month for you? Will March be any better? Um, same old, same old. Pretty much, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I always feel bad. It's like, because uh, about 10 minutes ago, I got off the phone with Neil. Mm-hmm. And how's things? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I got to to my stuff and I'm like, not much new here because <laughs> they don't do anything. They don't go anywhere. I literally just sleep, work, mm-hmm. watch films, and uh, and half the stuff that I have done, he'll find out when he gets around to listen to this podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, there we go. Hi Neil. He's got hi Neil. He is doing okay. So it's uh, always nice to chat with him. Um, so the first thing we've got to do is get these movies in the movie vault. So I think we kind of need to do that because it's three times we've we've forgot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just me and you here tonight. So it'll be a slightly shorter show, but not too shorter. It'll be on time, which is quite nice, rather than overrunning by half an hour. Um, But yeah, so we all, the the, the movie vault, three films. Have you got three films to go in the movie vault? I do. Have you? I have. I've just done them about 10 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) I've not done them yet. So yes, I have picked them. Uh, it's kind of weird. It's like I find it difficult. There's films that I really want to put in there because I think they're amazing films. Mm-hmm. But then I also want to try and put films that, even though I love them, they fit in with the Desert Island thing that you mentioned. So they're films that maybe I haven't seen for a while. And mm-hmm. also they may be films that other people haven't seen. So I'm trying to, you know, mine's not loaded with like Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Close Encounters, and Supermans type things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so far loaded with things like the Poseidon Adventure, the Terminator, and JFK, and Communion, yeah. which were the ones that I've done in previously. So, yes, I have my three. Uh, do you want to go first with one of yours? I can. Um, number five on my list mm-hmm. is uh, Conspiracy Theory. Oh, see, this is what I love about this vault. I love that film. I saw that at cinema, but I have not thought about that movie for like fifteen years. I know if you know I, if it drops onto a streaming platform, I'm right there. I uh, I owned it on VHS. Yeah, um, I did. You know, and yeah. um, you know, really enjoyed it. But I think since um, my VHS player um, disappeared with the dawn of uh, DVD. I don't think I've seen it since. No, I think I had it on DVD at one point because I, I'm pretty sure it was one of the Warner ones that was, was cardboard. 
Do you remember when that was a thing? The Warner Brothers yeah. one did have that horrible plastic thing on it to unclip, mm-hmm. and then the, the sleeve would be pl- of, uh, would be cardboard. But 1997 conspiracy theory came out. Wow. Two uh, of my all-time favourite actors as well, Mel, Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, what more can be said? Fantastic film. So, what is conspiracy theory about for those poor souls that have not yet watched it? Um, it's basically uh, about a guy who um, has conspiracy, conspiracy theories um, and um, he uh, becomes the centre of uh, one because uh, he's, he's found out. He does, doesn't it? Isn't he like he's one of these crazy people who's like, oh, this is conspiracy. That's conspiracy. And then yeah, he's, obviously he's a taxi he's, driver, and he's one of these yeah. people, you know, like yeah, oh yeah, this is this, and this is that, and he's one step away from a tinfoil hat, really, isn't he? <laughs> yep, yeah. And then he stumbles onto an actual real life problem, and then obviously nobody would believe him because he's crazy. But this is from the director of Lethal Weapon as well, so it's a Richard Donner film. Also got Patrick Stewart in it. You remember him in it? Uh-huh, yeah. He's some sort of She's like Crazy Doctor or something like that, if I remember him rightly enough. But Conspiracy mm. Theory, I love that movie. Good choice. So, one of mine I am putting in, it's a film called State of Grace from 1990. Ooh. And it Did stars... I've never even heard of it. It's amazing. I was... The, I think Gary Oldman, he's... Well, Gary Oldman's <laughs> in it, Sean Penn, uh, yep. Robin Wright Penn, and Ed Harris. And okay. it is... It's set in... I think it's Hell's Kitchen in like New York, which I guess isn't called Hell's Kitchen anymore, but it was when the film came out. And Sean Penn's been away for many, many years, and he comes back, and he gets uh, sort of involved in the Irish organised crime. So okay. it's a lot of you know gun deals and drug running and turf wars and all that sort of stuff. It's a great gangster film. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gary Oldman apparently did this online interview within the past couple of months, and he was telling a story about State of Grace and Sean O'Banion, who you've spoke to on mm-hmm. this podcast, he tweeted out, he's like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's very rare that you hear Gary Oldman talk about State of Grace. So I saw this tweet that Sean put out and I'm like, oh my God, State of Grace. I've not seen that for like 20 years. I love that <laughs> film. I, I, I have it on DVD somewhere in the house and I used to just wear out the VHS. So I think a lot of the films that we've <laughs> that we adore we did have on videotape at some point and yeah. we just like wore them out but mm-hmm. uh, now there's just too many films so yeah State of Grace is my first one from 1990 Seek It mm, Out very good Which uh, the next one on my list and it had to happen at some time is a Star Trek film okay. um, so it's Star Trek First Contact um, the reason I like First Contact and it's one of my favourite films is um, not only do we see kind of the new Enterprise-E, which I think is a, a gorgeous starship, um, it's got the Borg in there, which I, I always enjoy a Borg episode. Sounds, and, sounds Swedish. Mm. Mm, uh, and more than that, it's got the Defiant in there yes, from Deep has. Space Nine, yeah, and it's yeah. the closest I will ever come to seeing the Deep Space Nine uh, Star Trek movie. Yeah. So, uh, for for those reasons, Star Trek First Contact is going into the vault. I think if I had to put a Star Trek film in, I think I would probably put Generations in there. That was my mm-hmm. all-time favourite one, because that was 
to you know you remember what it was like to see the next generation crew on the big screen yeah. it was amazing I think Generations was um, the Star Trek film I've seen the most at the cinema. How many times did you see that then? I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was somewhere between 8 and 12 times. Oh, my God. I think I saw it twice. I saw (laughs) saw it on its premiere where we went, me and Andrew, um, not Bob, but another friend friend of mine, Andrew, we went and we saw Star Trek 3, 4, 5... Wow. Six, and then the premiere of seven at midnight. Mm-hmm. And it was quite disturbing being surrounded by that many William Shatner fans because every time Shatner even said something that was remotely funny, the entire auditorium uh, the entire auditorium would just break out in laughter like they've just heard the funniest joke in the history of jokes. <laughs> like, okay. So, you know, that was, it was interesting, but it was a, it was a good way to watch all of those on the big screen. So, mm-hmm. Um, my next one is a film that you've probably never heard of, Rob. It's probably one you've never seen. Uh, it's a great film. It looks like it's based on a play, and I think it actually is based on a play. Mm-hmm. And it's called Glengarry Glen Ross. And just let me go down the cast. It's basically about a bunch of salesmen who mm-hmm. are all gathered in the office, and it's just them going about their daily of uh, business. It's a lot better than I've just described it. But you've got Al Pacino, <laughs> Jack Lemon. Alec Baldwin, Ed Harris, Kevin Spacey, Jonathan Price, all just performing the most amazing dialogue ever. Uh, it's such a good film. I've not seen that for a long time, but Glengarry Glen Ross is very, very good. So I'm mm-hmm. putting that one in from 1992. Cool. Uh, the last one uh, on my list is um, a Robin Williams uh, film, and it's Mrs. Doubtfire, probably one of my all-time favourite yeah. Robin Williams films. Um, you know, there's just there's so much kind of humour in the film, but there's also a lot of sadness in there as well, and uh, many other emotions. And I think um, a lot of the good Robin Williams Williams films actually do, do have, you know, a lot of humour, but also a lot of sadness. And, yeah, of course. Uh, emotions so i think even yeah, more so now you know when, oh, you, yeah. when you go back and you watch films after we've lost robin williams you go oh it's i don't know it's a sad thing but yeah uh, i have to i have to say you know what once robin williams passed away it was a good good chunk of time before i could watch a robin's robin williams film what was the first one that you watched um, I think it. I think it was Mrs. Doubtfire, right. and I think it was with the family. It was with Addie and Nicole. Yeah, that's no, a great film. It's one of those films. I wish they did do a sequel. You know, obviously yeah. not now, but at the time, it's like, why have they not done a second one? Because that film was. I saw that at the cinema. I think twice, mm. um, which is kind of rare that I watch a film more than once at the cinema because you don't have to. You can just go. No. Well, you know, I worked at a video store at the time, so I watched this for free in a couple of months. <laughs> You know, six months or whatever, but I did go and watch that more than once. But because uh, it, it was hugely popular, it made a ton of money. You're like, there's mm-hmm. got to be a sequel. Never happened for whatever reason. No. So, but uh, good film. So, my third one is Some Kind of Wonderful. Don't know if you're familiar with that one from 1987. Have you? I've heard, heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Have you ever seen Pretty in Pink? Yes. Right. It's uh, it's a John Hughes film. is mm-hmm. is Pretty in Pink, obviously, but so is Some Kind of Wonderful. So John Hughes 
doesn't direct this one. It's uh, directed by a guy called Howard Dutch. And it is... So Pretty in Pink, you had Molly Ringwald. She liked this guy. But her best friend, who was a male, really liked Molly Ringwald. But Molly Ringwald mm-hmm. was stupid and didn't realise it. So that's the, yeah. the plot of Pretty in Pink. <laughs> Just to sum it up, um, you have got, in Some Kind of Wonderful, you've got Eric Stoltz playing, effectively, the Molly Ringwald role. Okay. Uh, Mary Stuart Masterson is his best friend. She's a little bit of a tomboy. She's madly in love with Eric Stoltz, but he's stupid, so he didn't realise it. Mm-hmm. And Eric Stoltz fancies the pants off Leah Thompson, who's this mm-hmm. sort of rich person. And it's the love triangle type thing. I think yeah. I love the John Hughes stuff. And I love Pretty in Pink, but I prefer some kind of wonderful, great soundtrack. And yeah, just very, very cool film. So I think out of the three that I've added to the vault, if I recommended that Rob watch one, I think it would probably be some kind of wonderful because I think that's more your type of film than Irish mm-hmm. gangsters and talking salesmen. <laughs> but, uh, but, very that's, cool. but that's the three. So we've now got seven films in the vault. Which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Uh, for some reason, um, Bob's got two. So, you know, because he's never here, really, is he? <laughs> so, there we go. I'm sure he'll take a few books with him as well to that desert island. So, we'll be I'm fine. sure there will be a lot of books that he takes to the desert island. So, um, but yeah, so we're up to date on the vault. So, what, it, what have you been up to since we last podcasted? Um, I'm getting very predictable, which is uh, a bit crazy. You're sleeping, are you? I know. I. I, I I've really taken this uh, relaxation thing to the next level. Um, you know, Sunday I decided, yeah, let's, let's not bother getting out of bed yep. and just watch TV. And that's what I did, because you can. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, other than the day job, um, a lot of my time has uh, been spent relaxing, whether that be um, in front of the TV um, or you know, playing um, the occasional board game or card game or something like that. You know, uh, we've had a, a good time this week playing dominoes. So, yeah, just just general relaxation and fun, really. Isn't it weird how it's taken us both, like, near enough a year to actually I go, know. <laughs> do you know what? I think I need to relax. It's very strange. Yeah. But uh, I'm the same. I think there was one day this week before I started the... Uh, the four shifts up just finished this morning where I you know I watched four movies in a day you know I haven't done that for a long time <laughs> I, I can't remember what time we watched them but I remember finishing the last one god about like quarter to three in the morning or something because I just I couldn't sleep so I thought right I'm gonna get up I'm gonna finish off one movie that I was watching and I thought oh there's another one on Amazon I will just watch some of that and I watched it all and then went to bed at quarter to three so it's uh <laughs> it's kind of cool but you know, relaxing is not a bad thing. Well, I spent yep. probably an hour chatting to you, I think, last week, where mm-hmm. I had, you know, I've got a reasonable sized desk where I am, and it was covered in A3 sheets of paper. So whilst I was chatting to you, <laughs> I was building up my to do lists. And then I put some tiny nails in the wall, hole punched the pieces of paper, and I've got them hanging right in front of my monitor. And it kind of works because it's when I've got a moment, I will look at the sheet of paper and go, which one of those things can I do? Very cool. Uh, my aim is to have less sheets of paper than I do at the minute. So it's getting there. <laughs> uh, later on this week, one of them will be removed and then I will just be left with five sheets of paper instead of six. So that's not bad. That's, uh, that's a reasonable percentage of reduction, I think. 
So just rest. Have you right, have you watched any television? Um, television. Oh, I am binging. Um, kind of um, mindless TV. Mm-hmm. Really binging. You know, I'm talking. Is this like your um, Australian reality? I'm going to go stay in somebody else's house for a month type. Well, TV. In, and we've kind of moved on from that now, so um, we're we're back over to the UK, and um, we're watching a lot of Four in the Bed. And for people who think that sounds a bit risque, and, it does a little bit, Rob. It does a little it, bit. It's not. It's um, four B and B owners um, who literally go and um, kind of work the way around um, everybody's B and B uh, and give them ratings out of ten for various things, and then pay what they feel the night. Uh, was worth and uh, the one who makes um the most percentage wise from what they would usually charge um for the room wins um and like i say it's it's one of those mindless tv shows just just a bit of entertainment that goes one in one ear and out the other um but at the moment that is what i must be craving because that's what i'm i'm doing nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that i've been watching the Empire of Dreams, it's called. It's on Disney Plus, which is a two mm-hmm. and a half hour documentary about the making of the Star Wars trilogy. I've seen that documentary like six times. Why am I watching it again? Because it's easy and it's a comfort zone type thing. So I'm, I'm busy mm-hmm. rewatching that. If you've not seen it, it's very good. It covers the first three. Doesn't go into okay. the, doesn't go into the prequels and sequels. So anything that has Ewoks in, I'm happy. So if it covers the first three, then yep. we sure we see a little furry teddy bear. I'm pretty sure there are Ewoks. Um, in but in there, so that's pretty good. But uh, mm-hmm. TV wise, we're on season five of The West Wing, mm-hmm. so we're still plowing through that on all four, which is quite good. But uh, I'm kind of getting sick of watching the same adverts on all four. I think they have like yeah. two, three adverts. It's like, oh, for God's sake, just get some new adverts. But I'm not paying five ninety nine just so I don't have adverts. No, I think I, that's I'm crazy. happy with the adverts. Uh, you know, if I if I can save some money, yeah, because you can use that money and put it towards something else, some other yeah. streaming platform or whatever. Um, so we we chatted on the last podcast about my thoughts on the Xbox Series X and Game mm-hmm. Pass, didn't we? Yes. Well, I sort of bit the bullet and cancelled my Game Pass. Okay. Um, because it's ten pounds ninety nine a month. Which is great for the amount of games you get. That's pretty good. But if you you're only playing it every now and again, your brain's like, "Why am I spending ten ninety nine a month on something I'm not really using?" That it's like Amazon, isn't it? It's great for free shipping <laughs> if you're buying like you know ten things a month. But if you're buying one thing every like three four months, what's the point? Get rid of it. Just pay the shipping. You'll save more money in the long run. So I thought, right, I'm going to cancel it. So I went online and went to the Microsoft store. And the only games I'm playing at the minute are Halo, because I'm mm-hmm. going to work my way through all the Halo games. Now, for the Master Chief Collection, there's six Halo games included. Six games, that, that is going to take you a few months if you just yeah. play it now and again, which I do. So I thought, right, so it's £20 for all six games. So I'm like, well, those six games are probably going to last me four months. Let's just say three months. Mm-hmm. So I scrapped the Game Pass, because I'll play it online, and bought the Halo thing. So I've already saved money. And now I'm looking at my Xbox Series S and I don't have to turn it on because it's a little box that I've already paid for. The games on it, I've already paid for. It doesn't cost me any extra if I don't use it. And I'm very, very happy with that way. 
of <laughs> of doing it. Uh, who knows? Maybe at some point, if I if I fall out with my PlayStation or whatever, then maybe I will go back to it. But I'm trying to cut yeah. down on the amount of money I'm spending every single month, and I didn't see any point spending ten ninety nine a month for something that I've only used like twice in the past two months. Yeah. But I'm really loving playing Halo games. But I own those games sort of as much as you can own something digital. Um, well, so that's that's mm. the resolution to that one. Very good. Can I ask you a question? Mm. Um, did you sit down and watch season ten, episode seventeen of The Walking Dead? No, because I finished work night. at seven o'clock this oh. morning. So my dilemma. With, so I've got it to watch. I was hoping to try and watch it before. So maybe we could talk about it without any spoilers, if that's possible. Yeah, yeah. Having not seen it, I don't know whether that Always works. Always possible. But I can't remember what happened in episode 16. Can you? Either, either can I, <laughs> and I've watched episode 17, and I'm going, did I miss something in the middle of this? Oh, or did no. I just forget what, what had gone on? Did they give and, a recap uh, previously on? No. Really? Oh, my good God. That's horrendous. I think I might have to IMDB the last, you know, 16 episodes and just have a look <laughs> and go, right, okay. And that was my problem with The Walking Dead is mm. if you, especially, and I hate these split, obviously split seasons are a thing now because COVID, etc. But shows used to do it before. Walking Dead's done it for years yeah. where it would finish in like November and it'd be back in February and you take like two episodes to go, right, so which one... Is this the one with Morgan in it? Oh, no, he's in the other one, isn't he? It's so confusing. It's like, Jesus, <laughs> just make it easy. But was that a good episode, though? It was a good episode, yeah. Because we've got six somewhere on this new... The, the remainder of season... Is it ten? It is, isn't it? Mm. So we've got six I, episodes. I think um, I might be able to jog your memory because it's just occurred to me what happened in the last episode. See, my brain was like, well, it was the stadium, wasn't it? And then that got attacked. It's like, no, that's Fear the Walking Dead, the yeah, other one you're watching. So yeah. confusing. So, yeah, what happened in the previous one? Um, fast forward and we see Maggie and <gasps> she's got some new oh, friends yes. and she's stuck in a building with her new friends that's being attacked by some unknown force. Yes, Maggie came back. Because it was the whole thing, wasn't it? And you're like, who is that? Oh, it's her. Where's she been for the past five years or whatever? I don't know how long she's been gone, but... I don't know. It's it's very confusing. Because I I saw the episode was dropping on Fox or Sky or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yay, I cannot remember what happened in the last one. (laughs) Is this the one where Negan bashes in Glenn's head? No, that was many, (laughs) many. Is this the one where Andrew Lincoln leaves? No, that's a totally different one as well. Is Pollyanna McIntosh still in it? No, she's gone away as well. But hopefully she's come back to the movies. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'll have to refresh my brain on that one, I think. But yeah, um, good episode. Um, you can already see where it's going, or at least you think you can see where it's going. So, uh, mm. Does it end with Carol and Daryl skipping off into the sunset, ready for their new show? Um, <laughs> no, not yet. The question I want to know, though, is Negan in it? He is. Good. He's my favourite character that, in that, that show now. That, that's, you know quite a bit of Negan in one way good oh no naked Negan no right good I don't need to see naked Negan (laughs) (laughs) 
but no, I'm going to check that out. It's definitely on my list of things to watch over the next few days. I uh, I did sort of eventually boot up my Apple TV and Ooh. see what was on that, giving it free because I got an iPod. And I mm-hmm. checked out the morning show, the pilot episode of that, starring Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell. That's really good. I've only watched the first one, and it's uh, Steve. Uh, so you, you obviously you're familiar with Good Morning America and all those type of shows and stuff. Yes, uh, the morning show is kind of like that. And Jennifer Aniston's phone is going absolutely ballistic at like three in the morning, so she she ignores all the calls because she's going into work anyway. And she gets into work, and it turns out her, the Steve Carell character has been sacked from the show because of sexual harassment. And it's like, oh no, what's going on? And what we're we gonna do? And it, it's all that sort of uh, on-air bickering. So mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, pretty good show. So anybody that has got Apple TV, I would definitely check out the morning show. I'm gonna check out that one that stars Jason Momoa. I think it's called C, where everybody's blind except him, or he oh, might he might even be blind. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, that's the other one that I'm interested in watching. So there's a few few decent things on Apple TV, but uh, yeah, I've, uh, yeah, if you haven't got it, I wouldn't. I haven't got it. I wouldn't necessarily then. rush out and spend. It's another five ninety nine a month, which five ninety nine a month isn't a lot. But when you've got like five or six things that are five ninety nine <laughs> a month, it kind of adds up to a big fat chunk. Yeah. Um, but so far, I'm going to tear through as much as I can before the twelve month subscription runs out, and then who knows, I might <laughs> dump another one and. Get that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so movies. This could well be a short show, couldn't it? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you watched? Right, the first thing on my list is uh, uh, courtesy of Star on Disney Plus. Yep. Um, and it's Good Morning Vietnam with Robin oh, Williams. Um, I, you know, I've seen the movie before. I've always loved the movie and uh as i was flicking through star and i saw it there i thought you know i just cannot leave it without watching so i watched good morning vietnam and i enjoyed it as much um you know watching it the other day as i i did do years ago watching it it is an amazing film and it's uh this this rumored to to be so much footage of the outtakes where it's just like, and I've read this in a few books about Robin Williams. With him, it's, it, was just, it was always a case of just point the camera at him, just let him go, just let him do whatever, and you <laughs> will cut. And I think that is probably most accurate on Good Morning Vietnam, I think, because yeah. he just, all the, the on-air stuff, that was just like, right, let's see what we can do. And I would love to see all the outtakes. Wouldn't you just watch those for like, two hours oh yeah It'd be amazing so i think there are like some deleted scenes and stuff kicking around but i want the full lot of uh, I, of those i'll tell you something when um do you know the scene where uh he'd been um taken on air off air and then um did said he you know he can he can go back on and he's like no i'm not going back on yeah and then he's in uh, the army jeep and uh, there's a, a block in the road so they have to stop and then you've got um, the troops who are in uh, troop carriers yeah. that are kind of around and uh, the driver says, you know, guess who we've got here, guys, you know. Um, you know, if you were one of those um, American troops kind of as an extra sitting there, that must have been a fantastic scene because... I wonder how long it went on. I wonder kind of 
how much yeah. he came up with and you know and, and gave his performance you know you'd be sitting there and it'd be you know fantastic to think you're getting paid to be entertained by robin williams it's crazy because he used to you look into sort of robin williams's life story and it's fascinating and he used to just take himself off and go show up at a comedy club and go kind of go on just to keep his <laughs> skills going and he would just literally just go on stage and just do like an hour or two show and then you know mm-hmm. disappear or whatever but he also did in real life go over and entertain troops for i'm guessing it was probably the iraq conflict i think uh he wow. would go over and he would, he would do the whole troop thing so people did actually experience what it was like have you ever seen any of the robin williams actual shows that he's done so live on broadway what, stand- or stand- no. stand-up oh, no, stuff no. You never watched no. there there's some of those I'll try and find out where they're available, but there are some very good ones. There's at least three or four I think that are out there. Um over his over his career, but they're great. The guy's just he's nuts, isn't he? Mm. <laughs> it's like the world needs more. Doesn't need oh, lots yeah. and lots of Robin Williamses because that would make him less unique, but the world definitely lost something when it lost Robin Williams. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Good Morning Vietnam, great film. It's it's weird as it with Disney Plus. We're we're more excited about the really old stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Annette's daughter, she's like so excited. She's rewatching all of Desperate Housewives. I'm very excited because I'm going to rewatch 24 from the beginning. <laughs> and uh, and you've been watching films from 1988 or whatever. <laughs> Starring Robin Williams. And you see. Uh... I'm in a better uh, position than you as well because I've only ever seen 24 season one. Really? See, I, I yes. love the whole run of 24. Uh, a lot of it is samey-samey. But season one I think is great, but I prefer season two because mm-hmm. I think with season two they've they'd polished it slightly. Obviously, they yeah. a little bit more money to spend and stuff. Um, season three I remember getting a little bit annoyed with because it's a slow burner is mm. season three. And I remember getting like seven or eight episodes in thinking, has this show kind of lost it? And then it goes, right, now we're off. Bang. And then it's, <laughs> it's great. There isn't a bad series in the whole, the whole run of it. So, yeah. um, but it's, it's an investment, isn't it? Because obviously you've got 24 mm. episodes, but it's such a good show. I was pestering Abel to watch it. So I'm like, you need to watch 24. It's such a fantastic show. Uh, I was trying to pester him to watch Entourage as well. He, he said he'd, tried watching that but he couldn't get into it which mm-hmm. which made me sad because it's a great great show <laughs> so yeah so what else have you watched uh i have uh watched a movie on sky cinema mm-hmm. or now tv called dragon rider it's a sky cinema animated film uh it's about a dragon searching for a place called the rim of heaven uh which he needs to find to save his race uh, what drew me to it, other than being a family movie that we watched on uh, movie night, was that it starred the vocal talents of Patrick Stewart. Nice. So anything with Patrick Stewart's name on it, I, I get a bit excited. Yes. That's uh, why you, need, was, to, you it, need to watch Life Force good. with the Naked Vampire with Patrick Stewart in it. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, so you would recommend Dragon Rider. Yeah, f- great family film. Good, good. Um, you know, so uh, worth watching. And Patrick Stewart's uh, character uh, is, uh, although he plays uh, the bad guy, um, it's a it's a very good character. I think the first thing I ever saw Patrick Stewart in was probably Dune mm. in '83. I think that's the first thing I remember seeing him in. Sure, obviously he was in things before that, but I wasn't aware who he was. But uh, yeah, but yeah, there you go. 
So, anything else? Yeah, uh, another couple. I watched uh, on Amazon Prime uh, a movie called Escape from Pretoria, mm-hmm. um, starring Daniel Rad- Radcliffe. Yep. Um, so, it's um, a movie based on um, uh, a couple of guys who uh, get sent to prison uh, in South Africa in 1979 due to their um, political affiliation. Um, they are kind of getting involved in the race riots. Um, they're, they're two white men, but um, they um, are getting involved with um, the uh, the black South Africans um, for, you know, and, and really are um, wanting... Um, you know, uh, equal opportunities for all. Yeah. Um, so they end up um, planting a, a few. Uh, I don't know if you can call them bombs, but uh, devices that uh, distribute um, printed material. Okay. Um, and uh, are, are duly arrested and uh, sentenced to prison, and uh, it involves. Uh, this this real life story of uh, themselves literally um, attempting to break out. Okay, you recommend it? Very much so. You know, when it comes to Daniel Radcliffe, I haven't really seen him in much other than Harry Potter. So it was okay. for me, uh, it was kind of really my first introduction of seeing him in a film, um, other than uh, playing a, a small young wizard. And uh, yeah, very different, but very good. You know. It's a, it's very historic, obviously, um, based on true stories. So um, you know, me being a history buff, uh, really enjoyed it. And again, it was another aspect of history that I really didn't know much about, like all the uh, the apartheid movement, you know, and everything that happened in South Africa around that time. I shall check that out. I did see the little thumbnail on my Amazon Prime, but I ended up clicking on another film that's that's on my <laughs> list instead. But I think when you recommended it, I'll check that one out. But where well, Daniel Radcliffe, check out The Woman in Black, which is a very okay. very good film. Twelve certificate, so it's not too scary. It's a creepy ghost film. It's very very mm-hmm. good. Uh, yeah, it's one I put Bob in touch with, and he had, then went out and bought the Blu-ray and stuff like that. So it was another uh-huh. thumbs up recommendation for me. Do not watch The Woman in Black two. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Avoid the sequel. <laughs> First one, very, very good. So I would highly recommend that where you can, uh, where you can get it. I'm very impressed, I have to say, with uh, Daniel Radcliffe's um, uh, accent. You know, I, I do get fascinated. You know, you look at these good actors who can just kind of transport themselves into um, kind of the the headspace of somebody from a different country and kind of come up with an accent that that sounds spot on and for me yeah. you know daniel radcliffe did really well with uh with his um south african a- accent he's a really good actor is radcliffe though. it's a bit like robert pattinson everybody's daniel radcliffe mm. harry potter and it's you look at the things that daniel radcliffe's done since i know you said you've not seen a lot of them but he's always worth watching in them Mm. You know, he takes his acting seriously. He isn't riding the coattails of Harry Potter going, well, you know, people watch it because I was in that wizard thing. He's genuinely, he's very choosy about the projects that he does and he gives it 100% whenever he's in them. So Mm. if you see his name attached to something, check it out because it's probably probably good. And if the film's not good, his performance will be spot on, I think. Yeah. 
So Harry Potter's 20 years old, isn't it, this this year? That's just mental. Is it? Wow. It's crazy. That and Lord of the Rings, 20 years. It only feels like it was yesterday when they were being released. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I remember um, queuing up to uh, for one of the book releases at midnight in uh, oh, wow. the, uh, the Trafford Centre. Oh, I've been to Trafford Centre in like two years. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I shall check. I haven't been way. anywhere in. No, I've been uh, anywhere in a year. Feels like two years. <laughs> we, we were doing a, a team call uh, the other night with one of the sort of one of the bosses, and they were all like, "Oh, once lockdown ends, everybody can get together and this that." And I'm like, "I'm all right, thanks. I'm fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everybody else can do it. <laughs> I'm good. Not a problem. I'll happily stay at home for a while." Yeah, you know, I, I, I'd be. Um considering building um, my own version of the uh, Sheldon Cooper shell bot, you know, once everybody's allowed out again, I'll just send my robot out and uh, just sit behind the computer with a webcam. I'm just going to strap a phone to a drone and just like fly it in front of people's face and have a conversation over Teams or Zoom or Skype or whatever, and then uh, fly the drone back home again. So, You Mm -hmm. watched anything else after Mr. Radcliffe? Yep. Uh, One one last film. Again, another one from Amazon Prime, and this one was called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Um, The only way I can describe this film without giving too much away is imagine Groundhog Day, Uh but instead of just one person being stuck in a 24-hour time loop, um, there's two people, and you happen to find each other. Okay. Interesting. Um, you know, there's uh, there's love, there's romance, which you know it, it isn't giving much away from the film because you can see where it's heading, you know, um, between uh, the guy and girl. But um, you know, it's uh, it's still worth watching. I I enjoyed the film. And what was this on? Uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. So Amazon Prime. Uh, I think we had this conversation the other day where it's like Amazon Prime are doing really well. They're they're sort of exclusives yeah. or acquisitions or whatever. The quality is amazing on them. I don't mean like the the way the film looks, but that's amazing too. But you know, with, with Netflix, now and again they'll put something on like The Irishman or or whatever it is. But generally, it's films you've never heard of, starring people you might not be mm-hmm. familiar with. The films are uh, they're okay. They're they're watchable, but they're not amazing and i've watched two this week on amazon prime that i was uh, you know big films that would mm-hmm. have worked well in the cinema but because i've got amazon prime i get to watch them for free and it sounds like there might be another one with the uh, pretoria movie as well yeah uh you know looking at my list there's um since the beginning of the year yep. there's 45 movies on my list oh, and I'm 37 so i've got to crack on over the next few days i think but only 10 of those 45 were watched on Netflix. This, Whereas if, if you looked at my list last year, you know, the majority of my movies were watched on Netflix. So um, I think Netflix is being battered by, uh, by COVID. Five, I've got nine Netflix. And one, two, three, four, five. Five, six, seven, Prime. Ooh, no. But, you know. But no, Netflix is, I think, being battered, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know what's causing it. We do, because nobody's filming anything. But it's just... 
I don't know. It just feels to me at the minute like Netflix are like, right, has anybody got any films that they want to put on a streaming platform? You've got one. Yeah, yeah. it'll do. We'll put it on. <laughs> Whereas Amazon are giving the impression that they're looking at it going, yeah, it's not that good, really. So we don't want it. Yeah. You know, we've got Coming to America dropping at the end of this week, in haven't we? Days, and yeah. you think, well, that's a big film, Eddie Murphy and whatnot. And uh, I'm so excited for that. Me too. Definitely looking forward to it. So yeah, um, yeah, Amazon Prime is is my go-to platform at the moment, um, which last year it wasn't. No. It was my last uh, platform, so uh, it just shows. For me, if it wasn't for the music, which because I've got mm-hmm. an Alexa, who she can't hear me because she's downstairs. That's great. Otherwise, she'd have woke up and said what. But uh, so I listen to the music on that. It's great going in, going Alexa, play some. Imagine Dragons or M83 or whatever. Yeah. You play it. So you've obviously got to have an Amazon subscription to get that free stuff. And if you cancel that, then you've literally just got a box downstairs. <laughs> it's doing absolutely nothing. So it's like, what's the point? <laughs> so, um, which I know ties in with the Xbox thing, but the yeah. Alexa is in the living room. So we all, you know, Annette and I use it. The Xbox is in my room. Yeah. So I use it. So that's that's why I've got one and not the other. But uh, but yeah, I would have happily dumped Amazon were it not for the music. But I'm very glad that I've not dumped it because of the quality of movies. I still hate the dashboard. I think mm-hmm. it's awful. Uh, so yeah. it's the Apple TV one. My God, that's a terrible dashboard. <laughs> oh, oh, click on this one. Oh, I don't want to buy that one. Just show me the free stuff, for God's sake. So out of the whole dashboard thing, I think Netflix is the best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon Prime's terrible for dashboard and so is Apple but the quality of movies on Prime at the minute is quite impressive yeah I think dashboard wise my favourite has to be Now TV Okay. Um, closely followed by Netflix see Now TV I do have a Now TV box but I don't have any of the subscriptions so I think the, bo- the box is just sitting somewhere in a cupboard at the minute the Now TV box for me has really kind of uh, grown in power because obviously they're based on uh, the Roku devices. Yeah. Uh, they're a branded Roku, but um, they never had um, Amazon Prime or anything, which was which was the downfall for me. So you couldn't use it for everything. Whereas now it has the Now TV, it has Netflix, which came on quite uh, a good amount of time ago, if not right from the beginning. Um, Prime dropped on there um, a while back, so again you can get Prime. Um, you've got then the um, you know UK TV. Um, Disney Plus is now on there. Um, you've even got the the Roku streaming channel, um, which has got free stuff on there. So so for me the uh, the Now TV box is really good value. The only thing I can't get on there is um, my. Uh, WWE Network uh, wrestling subscription. Oh, okay. Why is that? Just because there isn't an app for Yeah, they haven't there. got the app. I'm presuming on the Roku box there is, but. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, with, I've got a Roku box. Yeah, with but with the kind of it being um, mostly um, dedicated to Now TV, I think um, you either have to pay Roku uh, a huge amount of money to get on the Now TV version of the box or. Uh, now TV have to love you. See, I ended up going out paying, I think it was only like £25 or whatever, I ended up going out getting a little Roku box because mm-hmm. I wanted to connect things to the projector. Yeah. And it was like, well, I want to watch Netflix on the projector 
Uh, I want to watch Amazon on a projector, but I couldn't do that without running a cable from my smart TV. You know, it's it far more complicated. And also yeah. Shudder, uh, the smart TV that I have, there is no Shudder app. And on the PlayStation 4, or uh, PlayStation 5, I'm guessing, maybe, um, also doesn't have a Shudder app. So I'm like, mm-hmm. right, well, I don't want to watch it through my email. That's just kind of crazy. So I found out that they did actually have the app through the Roku box. I went out and picked up a Roku box. and yeah. So I've got all Apple TV, Disney Plus. And so I could, in theory, sit down and watch episodes of 24 on the projector and i may just have to do that actually so <laughs> uh, but roku boxes and stuff and i guess now tv boxes are stupidly easy to set up they're very impressive oh yeah they're good so what about you what have you watched what have i watched i've watched some uh, some horror films so on the projector so we've watched insidious chapter two which has been mm-hmm. sat on my list for like the past week or so. So I don't know if I've talked about that before. I don't think I have. It kind of reminded me, so Insidious 1 is a sort of haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Insidious Chapter 2, you're like, oh yeah, is this just going to be yet another retread of the first one? But it's not. It's kind of like Back to the Future 2. So there are elements when they actually go back into the first film, which you're like, that's actually quite, I've not seen a ghost film where that happens. It's very clever. So I'm looking forward to um, chapter three of Insidious. I'm hoping they go back to the Wild West and find out that one of the main characters <laughs> is now a blacksmith and ZZ Top of a little bit of a cameo, but I may be disappointed on that one. But I watched uh, Insidious chapter two, lots of jump scares, uh, mm-hmm. which is great, especially more. It gets enhanced more in the projector. Yeah. it's Because Annette had seen Insidious chapter two before. And she didn't like it. She was like, eh, I don't like it. But then we watched it on the projector. She was jumping out of her skin. It's like, my God, this film's amazing. <laughs> Just purely because of the difference in television to projector. So anybody who's yeah. not got a projector, if you've got a really big wall, just you know, spring for one. It's absolutely amazing. So the next yeah. night we watched Ouija, or Ouija, which is another mm-hmm. creepy horror film, uh, funnily enough, about a Ouija board. Not as good as the Insidious films, but it's still pretty good. A lot of jump scares. A lot of people going, I'm going to play with a Ouija board. Nothing can go wrong there, can it? And we, the audience, are like, seriously, don't don't play with a Ouija board. It's not going to end well. So as good as the people who go, I'll be right back. Yes, exactly. Which I, <laughs> I usually make a point of saying that when the film's finished. I'm like, right, I'm going to go make a coffee in it. I'll be right back. And uh, I don't know if she gets a scream reference or not, but who knows. Uh, So we moved away from horror, and in anticipation for Coming to America, dropping on Amazon later this week, we watched Coming to America from 1988. And I'd never seen it before. So it was... Same as Nicole then, when we watched it the other week. She'd never watched it, and I was thinking, well, I remember the film being funny. I don't remember how funny, because I haven't seen it since, like, 1988 or 89. But I remember enjoying it. But I kind of got it mixed up a little bit with the Michael Jackson music video that Eddie Murphy appeared in where he was all draped in gold. <laughs> because the film came on and I'm like, he looks different than I remember. What the? Oh, yeah, that was the Michael Jackson video. <laughs> so once I sort of reset my memory on that one, that's such a good film. It's <laughs> very, very funny. It still holds up, though. It held up wonderfully. Because some comedies you watch now and you're like, Okay, it's just not funny anymore. Why did I used to laugh at that? But Coming to America is still hysterical. And did you watch it on the projector? We did, yes. Great. We did watch it on the projector. 
I, I, I've got to actually uh, look it up at some point. I'm presuming that um, the the fast food restaurant is actually a rebadged uh, McDonald's. <laughs> McDowell's. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. You got really I can just imagine somebody walking in there going, can I speak to the manager, please, or whatever. Yeah, uh, we'd like to use this as a filming location. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, great. Um, yeah, we're going to rebrand it all, though. Oh, what? what? McDowell's. <laughs> You've got to wonder though. It's like, and fair play to McDonald's at a time, because I'm guessing that they probably would would have needed to got permission to take the piss yeah. out of McDonald's. So can you imagine that conversation? Hi, we're doing a film with Eddie Murphy, and we'd like to rip the piss out of your restaurant, please, by making up one called <laughs> McDowell's with the the golden. What was it? He said, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, so they've, they've got, got the golden, golden arches. arches. We've got the we've golden. Got the golden. I thought that was something, oh. something though, wasn't it? And it's just very funny, but such a good film. And But it, it makes me think, uh, what's the second one going to be like? I don't think it's going to be terrible, but my prediction is people will watch the second one and then instantly go, it's not as good as the first one. But it, in realistic yeah. terms, it probably is as good as the first one. It's just you've not got 20 or 30 years worth of nostalgia with this yeah. movie. Because coming to America was great, but I think if I watched that now, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, Rob, you've got to watch this film. It's the funniest film I've ever seen. It's absolutely amazing. I suppose, yeah. But it's but it's a good film. But it's uh, but yeah, yeah, they've got the golden arches. We've got the golden arcs. That was it, yeah. They've got the Big Mac. <laughs> I've got the Big Mick. <laughs> so I would love to have seen that sort of rights thing where they're like, we want to use this. And, you know, clearly they obviously said yes. So, yeah. so we watched that last week, and within the past three hours, I have introduced Annette to Trading Places for the very first time. Ah, oh, um, Eddie Murphy you know, again. Um, yeah, because I'd forgotten the little cameo by the Dukes in Coming to America. I, I'd forgotten that until I watched it, and I was like, "Well, actually." When I've watched Coming to America before, I'd never picked up on the fact that they were from Trading Places. Ah. And I watched it this time, and I was like, never. Mm. And, yeah. Because that was a big thing at the time when the film came out. People were, like, losing their shit, going, oh, my God, the guy's from Trading Places, right? It's absolutely amazing. That was, like, one of the highlights of the film. They were just like, they're in it, mm. they're in it. Um, so when that came up in Coming to America, I'd forgotten about it. And I was laughing my head off, and Annette was looking at me going, they haven't said anything funny. He's just giving them what? How's how is giving Trumps some money hysterical? I'm like, you'll find yeah. out. So I did tell her what the cameo was. I said, no, they're in trading places. Blah blah blah. As you, I've never seen that. I'm like, right. Well, we need to rectify that. So I rented it off Amazon Prime for three pounds forty nine. It's like a forty eight hour rental, but I'm only going to watch it once. And we watched that. That film is so offensive. You watch it now, it's like, you know, everybody goes after Only Fools and Horses or Faulty Towers mm. or The Muppet Show. So they put a warning on it and put a warning on it. How is there not a warning on Trading Places? <laughs> well, now you've brought it to the attention <laughs> of uh, the world. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> you've got, and I am quoting, so, you know, it's not my view. Okay. But, you you know, Dan Aykroyd's blacked up, pretending to be a Jamaican. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. Um, somebody, I think it's... 
I know it's Don Amici, and I've forgotten the other guy's name, so I feel bad. But he says to Don Amici, he's like, oh my God, is there something wrong with Billy Ray Valentine? He's like, of course there's something wrong with him. He's Negro. And you're like, you can't say that in a film! Oh. And then there's there's other N-words that get used at very inappropriate places in the wrong context. You're like, how how is the internet not just woke up and like attacked this film? It's very funny. We were laughing our head off, because it's a very funny film, and Eddie Murphy's absolutely amazing, but the, yeah, that film has has uh, out, what, what's the the thing they use outdated cultural <laughs> references or yeah, something references. along those lines or but stereotypes but it has got Jamie Lee Curtis's amazing boobs in the film so that's <laughs> that's always good but it's such a good film and uh, it's got a thumbs up from Annette on that one so I don't know what the next Eddie Murphy film is to introduce to her, she's seen the Beverly Hills Cop oh, movies. to America, obviously, even yeah. though that's introducing it to all of us. Well, Wesley Snipes is in this one, isn't he? This new one. Is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. He's in it because he was on uh, on a podcast recently. They were interviewing him, and he actually auditioned for the role in the first Coming to America, the Arsenio Hall role, but he didn't get it. Huh? So he went to a premiere because he was in Dolomite with Eddie Murphy. And mm-hmm. the director of Coming to America is the guy that did Dolomite. So he's like, uh, Wesley Snipes is thinking, when am I going to get a call? I want to be in Coming to America. This is nuts. Why am I not in it? Why have they not mentioned it? So he tells his story about how he was um, hanging around the door at the end of this premiere. And the director walked past. He's <laughs> like, hey, how's things? So uh, so, so, what are you working on? He said, I'm working on this film called Coming to America. It's a sequel. He's like, all right, okay. This is all fully cast. He said, um, well, you know, we could probably find a role for you. He's like, yeah, yeah, I suppose. If, if, yeah, I could, I could look into it and see if my schedule's free. <laughs> Whereas inside, he's like, I really want to be in this film. So yeah, Wesley Snipes is in it, so that'll be good. So mm. I, I'm going to be uh, watching that before I go back to work this weekend. Well, I uh, just decided to have a look at Eddie Murphy's filmography on IMDb, yeah. and I see that Beverly Hills Cop 4 has been announced. He's going yeah. back for Axel Foley. They've been trying that for five years because what they, well, they, they did a few years no ago they, well, they, you know, it's been on IMDB for ages ah. um, they, put it this way they, they were trying to turn it into a TV series within the past mm-hmm. five years and they shot the pilot apparently or, or at least got the script for the pilot and the network went no <laughs> and they didn't proceed forward <laughs> with it so it's like oh my god but now he's got an amazing filmography Mm. Possibly forty-eight hours. I might introduce it to. Mm-hmm. Um, best defense is a good one. The Golden Child. That's not one of his best ones. Harlem Nights. I think me and Abel were chatting about that. We've both never seen that film. Uh, but how bad can a film with Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor be? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Boomerang. That's worth watching. Uh, his stand-up stuff is very, very good. But it's very, very. D- Have you ever seen Bullfinger? Uh, no. Oh, Bullfinger. So I saw that at the cinema from 1999. It's him and Steve Martin, and it's all about the filmmaking <laughs> world. It's great. I would highly just do a bit of a search and see if you can find Bullfinger. But my God, that's funny. I'm going to write that. That could be the next one. See, the, the first um, movie I ever saw with Nicole <clears throat> in America mm-hmm. was um, The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. Annette loves that. I've never seen it. It just. Mm. I think anything past. Uh, I was going to say Doctor Doolittle, but Holy Man's all right, and Bullfinger's really funny. But I think 
he, he sort of dipped into this family-friendly yeah. type thing. And to me, that's not the Eddie Murphy that I like. You know, I like mm-hmm. the trading places coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie, not the yeah. daddy daycare, <laughs> haunted mansion sort of Norbit <laughs> type Eddie Murphy. But I think he seems to be coming back a little bit with uh, with Dolomite. And then Triplets. Oh, that's in pre-production. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Triplets is? No. Triplets is the follow-up to Twins. Oh. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is apparently back. Danny DeVito is back, and then Eddie Murphy as the third triplet. So that, that's in pre-production. So that's uh, that's going to be a thing. Oh, amazing! So there you go. But yeah, coming to America drops on the fifth of March. So in like three days, mm-hmm. I'm very excited. So, but yeah, my two Amazon films I watched. So mm-hmm. one of them is which she actually won a Golden Globe for the other night. Uh, I care a lot. Are you familiar with that one? Um, I uh, saw it on um, on Amazon, but I haven't yet clicked on it, really, so I don't really know what it's about. It's really good. Rosamund Pike, who was in Gone Girl, and she's been in a whole bunch of stuff, she makes her living by uh, by becoming a legal guardian to those that are incapable of looking after themselves. So uh. say, like, you need to go into a care home, Rob, then we'll... Her character will, she'll be in charge, she'll take over your finances, she'll put you in a home, she'll deal with your medication, she will be your boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's a con artist. So she will, she's she's in cahoots with this doctor who will say, actually, Mrs. Smith has no family members, she's got a load of money, pick her. So then she'll go to the court and have this person committed <laughs> and then drugged <laughs> up to the eyeballs. And she picks the wrong person to uh, to incarcerate in this care home. Uh, she picks, mm-hmm. picks a, a woman played by Diane Weist, who's the mum in The Lost Boys. And she's got some connection to Peter Dinklage, who from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an amazing film. It's really good. Um, it, I thought it was going to be a series, but it's not. It's one film, so I was quite happy with that. So I finished that one, and then I went straight on to Greenland, starring Jared Butler. Yep, good film. Which uh, I really, really like. That was the one that I finished watching <laughs> at quarter to three in the morning. That's how good it was. <laughs> I thought, I'll just put it on, because that's what I like doing with Amazon or Netflix. You think, well, I'll watch half an hour of it, and then I'll stop it, and then I'll carry on tomorrow, or do whatever. Yeah. But that one, straight through. Absolutely loved it. Didn't watch those two on the projector, but I did watch them on the, the 55-inch 4K TV. But Greenland mm-hmm. was highly recommended. I have to keep, whenever I'm telling people to watch it, I'm like... So who's in it? Jared Butler, but it's not your typical Jared Butler film. It's not like nope. Olympus Has Fallen, where he's just running around with guns, killing people. This is like Jared Butler, the actor. It's mm-hmm. uh, I was highly impressed with uh, with Greenland. So it was mm-hmm. very very good, and I think that's pretty. I've watched a few British films. So I watched uh, a film called Muscle, which was okay. very very good. Uh, it was. It looked like it was just going to be a typical British crime drama thing, but it kind of wasn't. Uh, it was about a downtrodden guy who makes friends with a big muscle-bound meathead, wonderfully played by Craig Fairbrass, and the guy's life just starts to go right down the crapper as the Craig Fairbrass character sort of manipulates him into what the, the sort of person he wants him to be. Has the weirdest sex scene in a movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, how they got away with putting that on screen. Haven't got a clue. Can you elaborate? 
<laughs> well, the the film's kind of it's a mainstream film, so you've got you know recognizable things in it. The guy he works in a call center. He's he's is having marital problems, so he goes to the gym to try and toughen himself up. He mm-hmm. makes friends with Craig Fairbrass. He's like, you need to push yourself hard. You need to be a man. You need to don't be a, don't be a wimp. Don't be a doormat. Be a man. Look look how big my muscles are. Blah blah blah. All that sort of stupidity. Um, and then Craig Fairbrass is like, oh, see, so Mrs. has left you. Well, that's all right. I'll be your flatmate. I'll move in. Mm-hmm. All right, and fair enough. So then the wild parties start at night, and then it just cuts to this sort of scene about an hour into the film, and then the the guy is just walk is is walking through his living room, and everybody's getting drunk and this that and the other. And in the background, you just start seeing people doing things you generally wouldn't do in a living room in the middle of a party <laughs> but you see body parts and all this so you're like am i watching a film or am i watching some sort of dodgy website thing that i clicked onto it's <laughs> it's generally not the style of that sort of scene that you would normally see in a mainstream mm. film so it very much threw me it's like okay interesting choice but a little bit strange but the, <laughs> and the film itself was very good i described it as a vampire film without vampires in it because you had this nice guy who literally gets the life sucked out of him and he just yep. starts to become a horrible person and stuff like that so in my review I went this is like a, a vampire film without vampires okay uh, I watched another British film called Dirty God which is about a woman who she'd been uh, acid attacked so ah uh, what is this on I've seen it on one of the platforms I think I'd I haven't watched, watched it on it, but... Google Play I think I'd I'd watched that, I think, but it's from 2019. It's a really good film. Yeah, it's really it, good. It's one of the ones that hit my radar for some reason. Yeah, uh, and I'm considering watching. So do carry on. It is good. Yeah. So she she sort of gets out of hospital. She suffered very bad facial burns and torso burns and, and stuff like that. And it's just about her trying to adjust back into her life. And you know how wonderful the human race is. They don't look at you and go. I'm not going to comment. They look at you and go, mm. "Ooh, what happened?" You know that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a deadly serious drama, but there are instances when she's reunited with a little toddler child, and the toddler child is freaking out because, oh my god, look, mummy's a monster type thing. So it's, oh. uh, it, it does all sit on the, the shoulders of the main actress. Just, the film itself is really, really good. So if it is on your radar, would definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Uh, another one I watched is called Eternal Beauty, which starring Sally Hawkins, and she's one of those actresses who I don't want to say she plays annoying characters, but she kind of does. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't think of any other examples, but it's like when you watch a film and you go, "This is a well-made film. Everybody's doing a job perfectly." But you know what? That character is just really annoying me because just because of the sort of person they are. Yeah. So I started. Sally Hawkins is what I think she just must seek out these sort of roles where she's like, right, mm-hmm. I want to play something that nobody else will do, and I'm just going to turn it up to like 400 out of 10, and I'm just going to annoy everybody. And so I started watching. I was very close to switching it off, but then I realised, oh, our character isn't annoying. Our character is suffering from schizophrenia. So you go, <laughs> okay, now um, now I know what sort of film I'm watching. I'll stick with the film and I'll, I'll carry on watching it and stuff. And it's just about her trying to deal with her family 
and how they act. Uh, Billy Piper's in it. I'm like, I know her from somewhere. Where, who is that? <laughs> Billy Piper. Billy Piper plays his sister. Um, for example, Sally Hawkins shows up and it's set at Christmas and she's carrying these Christmas presents. So she goes into the family home and Billy Piper's there. And um, so Sally Hawkins is like, right, so this year um, I've bought my own Christmas presents. So I've wrapped them all up for you. So what I'm going to do is give them to you and then you can give them to me. And then, and then I've got the receipts for you so that way you know how much money to give me. <laughs> so Billy Piper's like, okay. And so Sally Hawkins gives Billy Piper this receipt. Billy Piper's like, I'm not giving you £250 for a bag. And Sally's like, well, you are. Well, no, I'm not. Well, no, you are, because that's <laughs> what you've bought me. Well, I didn't buy it here. Well, no, I bought it, but you give me, you know, so you give me the money. And she's like, I'm not giving you £250 for a bag. So she ends up opening this bag anyway, and Sally Hawkins is like, oh, my God, thank you so much. So it's, it, <laughs> it does take you a little while to settle into what sort of person she's playing. But it was, it was really good, and Billy Piper's always great anyway. She will never beat Secret Diary of a Call Girl. That is easily mm-hmm. the favourite Billy Piper role, but uh, but that was Eternal Beauty. And then the final British film I watched was called Silent Night, which kind of is your typical gangster shotguns. There was a scene in a lap dancing bar, as always, and it's generally somebody who, who was involved in organised crime gets dragged back into it. They don't really want to get back into it, but the big thug of a boss goes, get back into it. You owe me a favour after all the things I've done for you. He goes back into it, and then it all goes tits up, and then the big boss is like, I knew I shouldn't have hired you. Well, but you did, though, so shut up. So it was okay. (laughs) It was just a typical Brit gangster film, but uh, I'm trying to focus on watching some more UK stuff, so that's the four that I've watched in the past week. Cool. There you go. So, um... What else have we got? I don't know. Uh, oh, they're doing... What do you think about the new Adams Family series that Tim Burton's doing Wednesday? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty one. much my thought. I'm like, okay. You see, um, I... Over over the years, have enjoyed the Adams Family in... in many shapes and forms yep. from kind of uh, movies to to games and more um but i have this thing with tim burton okay um uh, me and him aren't aren't the best of friends <laughs> um yeah. you know occasionally he he does something that i don't uh, i don't think is too bad but most of the time i just think whoa where in what weird, bizarro land did you think of this? <laughs> do, you do know that he used to work for Disney. Did he? He did. In his early days as an animator, he worked on things like The Black Cauldron and The Fox and the Hound was his very early one. But The Black Cauldron, you can well tell that Tim Burton was involved in that one. But they sacked him for being weird. <laughs> and you're like, it's not a shock. It's not a shock. But obviously they ended up then going back to Disney. And, uh, you just see that, you know, Tim, can you come in, please? Yeah, yeah, well, what is it? Yeah, well, we're sacking like, you for being weird. Get out, you're just too strange, Tim. Go away. Get out, you weirdo. But yeah, it was, uh, oh my God, how old is he? Jesus. Right, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Do you like the Pee-wee things? No, not really. Okay. I'm trying to look at the, uh, yeah, uh, so Tim Burton, he worked, he was an uncredited uh, credited animator on Tron. 
That I did. Wow. That I did not. He was also uh, an in something called an in between artist on the 1978 animated Lord of the Rings. In between artists. In, I don't know one in between. I mean, the Lord of the Rings animated one's kind of weird, anyway, isn't it? Because they shot it all mm. and then just painted over everybody. So that's probably <laughs> something to do with that. But Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice. You must like Beetlejuice. I, I love Beetlejuice. Okay. Like, like I say, you know, uh, it, it's one of those love hate relationships. You know, every now and again, a little gem comes along, but otherwise, I'm kind of the same. It's like to this day, I have not seen Big Fish. But uh, yeah. Annette loves it. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And, uh, I watched it once. So I don't really need to watch that again. I'll watch the Gene Wilder one if I need to. Yeah, I much prefer the Gene Wilder one, yeah. but I don't mind it. it. It's on the it's on the okay. Uh, Mars Attacks. I enjoy Mars oh, Attacks. Oh, Mars Attacks, great. Alice in Wonderland did not like that. No, not at all. Was not a fan. And Dumbo, I've not seen. Uh, but he did do nine, which uh, you know. Mm. Um, made it into uh, my uh, my top ten of uh, apocalypse movies. It did. Um, so like I say, th- there's a few. Um, you know, there was no way I was ever watching the live action remake of Dumbo. <laughs> you know, no. I could just imagine what he put that poor uh, elephant through. <laughs> Torturing the elephant, but it's yeah, you know, uh, shackles around the uh, the legs and everything. I'm sure. I think we're on a similar thing with Tim Burton. It's like if he announces a new film, I not even for a second go, ooh, I really want to watch that because Tim Burton's involved in it. I did like mm. his, his Batman films. Yeah, me too. They were very good, but I think that's probably because they were more Batman. I think with Tim Burton, I think there's certain types of films that he's perfect for. Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. Batman, Batman Returns, and then there's certain films that you go, why have you even bothered doing that other than the paycheck? Like Planet of the Apes. That does not reek of... I bet Tim Burton could do a really good job on that one. No. <laughs> so, I mean, he nearly did a Superman movie at one point. God knows what that would have been like. Probably starring Johnny Depp, I think. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, so I think we're on a similar page to uh, for each other on that one, I think. Yeah. So, what have you got planned for the coming week? Anything exciting or... I, I'm actually Rest, uh, more resting. <laughs> well, well, no, I'm considering to actually uh, getting back into actually doing things. Yeah, same. So, um, so yeah, um, the the resting was good, but I can't allow myself to fall into that and never ever do anything else. No. Well, I've got another podcast on Thursday. I'm doing a, a conversation with Kamal, who I knew when I lived in Northampton, and he's just launched a Kickstarter for his film called The Haunting of the Lady Jane. So I thought, because okay. right, I I'd spoke to you before, I go, right, I want to get back into doing some of the British side of things. I'm like, right, sod mm-hmm. it. So I texted him and I'm like, right, let, here's a bunch of days. Let me know when you're free. We'll do a podcast and we'll talk about your movies. And I I did what you said. And it's like, not necessarily forcing yourself into doing stuff, but going, well, rather yeah. than me just putting it on a list and not even bothering to do anything, let me make sure I do it by texting him at half 10 at night going, let's schedule this in that way i have to do it now and i'm i just want to get back into the routine of actually doing things yeah so uh, i was researching still cameras after we were mm-hmm. chatting about photography and stuff but i ain't got a clue I don't, i'm not spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds not happening i don't want to do it but nor do i want to take out my expensive camera when i'm just going taking pictures of trees because i don't want to break mm-hmm. it or or wear it out or whatever but I don't know. I'm not. I'm looking around the 200, 250 
300 mark I think but I've not mm-hmm. quite I want one with a viewfinder I hate the ones where it's a screen yeah so I don't want one of them and that obviously limits it quite a lot because there's not that mm-hmm. many so I was on Argos and I'm having a look go oh, that's perfect brilliant let me put my postcode in not available for delivery fantastic thanks get that off the drawing board so, so I'm, I'm still on the hunt for a still camera but there's no rush because it's not like we're going anywhere anytime soon no so that's still on my uh, on my list. I was joining in Showreel Share Day on Twitter the other week, and uh, one of the sideline Twitter accounts that obviously you and I both know about that took a wonderful uh, whole new bunch of followers on there because of that Showreel <laughs> Share Day. So that's a thing I'm going to watch out for quite often. But Twitter was just going nuts. It was going ballistic, just all these people sharing show reels. But I tell you what's funny, though, you would see two things. You would see some of the same names. I'm guessing they were just like cut and pasting, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> so they were doing it because you would go, I've just seen that one five minutes ago. So they were multi-sharing <laughs> it, which is kind of sneaky, but, but I get it. But then you would get other people just hijacking the hashtag with things that aren't even connected with wow. the hashtag. So... You know, it's like, oi. So I was uh, jumping in going, oi, keep it out of this hashtag. This is supposed to be for actors to share show reels, <laughs> not for you to say, do you want 50 pounds off pizzas or that type of thing. So they were spamming it. And you can tell by looking at the different hashtags that they've got in their message. So hashtag pizza, hashtag food, hashtag X Factor, hashtag show reels share day. Yes, you're spamming <laughs> a thing. Oh, dear. Absolute madness. I have to ask you, what what are your thoughts on um, Twitter um, potentially launching uh, a (laughs) pay-to-view certain tweets feature? Well, I didn't see the initial article where they announced it, but I did Mm -hmm. see the Pitchfork Brigade going mad about it. Uh, yeah. so, and that's all I've seen. So I'm guessing. So say I run a tw- I run a Twitter account, and um, is this mainly for influencers and stuff? It is. You right. you are going to have to be at a certain level. So it's uh, aimed towards like kind of like you say, influencers, celebrities. You've got a good number of followers, and then they'll have access to this uh, this feature, which will give you the power, much like OnlyFans or, or something <laughs> like that, to uh, to show tweets with various content just to people who pay a premium for it. Is there any celebrity that you can think of for you personally that you would think, I'm going to sign up for that? For me, there's none. Uh, as much as I love Oliver Stone, I don't. I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't <laughs> do it anyway. But I, I, why would I pay money? I, no. I, I still have this thing up my... You know, I'm not a fan of the Patreon. I genuinely... And I speak about podcasting. I don't know we've got one, but I don't pimp it out and nobody's subscribed and I don't really care. It's fine. You know, these shows are for me and you to do. And then other people listen and that's kind of cool. It's a nice little side effect. But I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily, I don't want to say I don't agree with it, but this show doesn't cost me and you any money to do. Yeah. It takes us time. That's pretty much it. But I enjoy chatting with you anyway, so it's not like, oh, bloody hell, I've got to speak to Rob for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't, what's your thoughts? I, I just, no, I'm not a fan. I'm not, I'm not signing up for it. 
yeah, it's what what could you possibly put on there that people would want to spend money on unless it was people using it for for porn, risky photo, <laughs> photographs. Yeah, yeah. Because because apparently you can't find them on the internet. You know, no. it's like I want to see a picture of somebody naked. Where where can I find that? Oh, you can't find that. Can't find out on the internet. I don't understand it. I don't understand Patreons. Um, I, I I listen to a few podcasts that have that do pimp out their Patreon stuff, and it's fine, whatever. But I I wouldn't sign up for a, a Patreon feed. It's not happening. No. Why? Why would I? It's like I don't know. If you want to give me your content, fine. But it, it's it's kind of like oh, I'm going to put an advert out. Um, but you're gonna have to pay to watch the advert that will help me make money. Okay, so what do I get out of it? It's crazy, but mm. I suppose if uh, you know, I don't know, Steven Spielberg came along and said, "Yeah, you know what? You sign up to my uh, Twitter feed, uh, premium, and yep. uh, uh, every uh, week I'm uh, releasing half an hour of exclusive uh, movie footage that I've shot just for." The Twitter platform, yeah, yeah, I'd watch. Okay, yeah. maybe. Okay, it would depend on the price for me. Yeah, but no, that sort of thing. So if it's content that I can then, um, and I know podcasters obviously go, haha, but you said you don't want to pay for it, and we give you extra content. Yeah, but there's a difference between like Steven Spielberg or or Patrick Stewart or yeah. or you know Nichelle Nichols or Oliver Stone or whatever going right here's half an hour worth of footage every week that you can't mm. get anywhere else you go brilliant I'll watch that I don't mind but I'm I'm not paying money to see like Oliver or Nichelle or Patrick or Steven go I'm shooting my new movie it's coming out <laughs> next Thursday I don't, why am I paying money for that I'm not going to do it so I don't, mm. I don't think it'll happen I really don't. This sort of crap comes up every now and again. How often is it a case of you see petitions going around saying, oh, don't let Facebook charge you to use it? They're never going to charge you to use it because the moment that Twitter comes out or Facebook come out and go, right, we're now going to charge you to use our platform, everybody would just vanish. They'd be like, I'm done. I would. Mm -hmm. I love Twitter. I think it's absolutely amazing. But if Twitter came out tomorrow and said, right, we're now going to charge you £15 a month to use it, I'd be like, bye. Yeah, that, that's when your your robs of the world come up and uh, and design flutter. Yeah, twatter, you know that sort of, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. But Cheaper, yeah, exactly. Yeah, freebie. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just madness. But do you think it'll take off this thing? Or I no, don't. And, no. And, well, saying that, a lot of people like porn. Yeah, but you can so maybe it will. You know, if if only fans, you know, and. Patreons and everything, and you know, uh, are making lots of money for people taking off their clothes. Then maybe, maybe it does keep it on platform. And rather than saying, you know, check out my link to my OnlyFans account, just say, you know, just just click the button, pay the premium price, and see all the dodgy stuff here. I on suppose Twitter. that is because that is a problem on Twitter. I think at the minute, mm-hmm. and it's it pops up on my timeline now and again, but not often. But I see people who see it more often and they'll be like whoa <laughs> somebody's because somebody's retweeted something massively inappropriate and then it's gone on to these child actor accounts <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so it's, if they can somehow tidy up twitter with regards to the uh the the animated con- content that it somehow shows on occasion that would be good put that behind a paywall so that people who <laughs> don't pay for it 
don't have to see it and don't have to worry about sitting on a bus at some point scrolling down it's like whoa oh no what have i just seen uh that sort of thing but i don't i think it's just social media doing its pitchfork thing again or is it a genuine thing that you've seen the actual article for um i read um a genuine article on one i'm going to say genuine article on one of the the big news uk news uh websites you know not saying that they can't be wrong because yeah, generally not you know, though, it happens but yeah um apparently uh twitter did announce it according to the article and i would hope that the article itself would have checked that out so um it because they apparently they've been constantly struggling to monetize the twitter platform ever since its inception so this was one of their ideas because that's the thing i mean people get annoyed at, at the monetization thing and it's things like you know facebook and twitter and pretty much every social media platform they're all free so how do they mm-hmm. make obviously they make the money on adverts but i don't know about you but i've never clicked on an advert i've never looked at one of these sponsored posts on twitter going oh let me click on that i want to want to have a look at a volkswagen <laughs> it's i'm not interested but i suppose enough people do that they somehow yeah. make the money or is it a false economy where uh so say volkswagen or whatever go well let's spend 50 grand on twitter adverts and they never really know whether they get any money back from that they just look at the profits that that they make as a company and go yay we've done well Mm. who knows uh i do know i have clicked on a few adverts myself never bought anything yeah. um the the good example i've got is you know the the website wish yes uh or the app should i say um where you know you you buy something and then uh, 12 months later you might have received it <laughs> okay um now I've seen, you know, you be scrolling through Facebook or something, and there's a wish ad, and it's, um, you know, um, I don't know, a glamping pod, you know, one of these uh, really nice looking kind of see through tents. Yeah. And you think, that looks pretty smart. And I click on it, and then it takes me to, uh, to the wish website, just dumps you out kind of on the site itself, not on the actual product you've clicked on. Yeah. And you go, Oh, okay. How do I find that then? And you type into the like kind of glamping pod, and nothing like you've ever seen it, it is kind of shown to you. And I think, well, that was a waste of time. That doesn't that so, does yeah, not sound that, like a fun advert to click on. Yeah, I think I'll skip those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it's um, yeah, I think it, it'll die out. I don't think it'll happen. But who knows? If it does, I don't think it'll make any difference to us because we're not going to run out and go, yeah, I'm going to subscribe to Tabitha Lyons' Twitter account so I can get to see another Princess Leia picture, that sort of thing. <laughs> but, uh, who knows? So, uh, but yeah, I don't think there's anything else that's gone on. It's it's like some weeks I seem really, really busy and then some weeks I don't. I've done no writing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've been concentrating on the film festival, which finishes in three days, so pretty much by the time that this podcast airs, that'll be done. So thank you to that. Probably going to put it on hiatus until the end of this year because I've got a lot of other stuff that I need to be working on. And it's kind mm-hmm. of been quiet anyway because who's got money and who's making movies? Not many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went through a whole bunch of submissions and watched all the short films and stuff. A lot of cool stuff out there. Um, I've still not had a catch-up with Mrs. Mum yet. So, you know, 
who knows what's going to happen <laughs> on that. I've got all these scripts on my desk with nothing to update on them whatsoever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been quiet. So I'm, I'm just going to finish this. I'm probably going to watch Walking Dead tonight. Or to be fair, I might just go to sleep and wake up tomorrow and start the day fresh. I'm back in work on Saturday night, so I've got a few days off. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to adopt the thing that you said. Just like, just sleep. Yeah. I'm just going to sleep, catch up on podcasts, and uh, and just do some, some more sleeping. I think I'm exhausted. The sun was out today, so we went out for a walk, which was quite nice. Went mm-hmm. to the local chip shop, all nice and safe and whatnot. Oh, that was it. We were so Annette and I, we went to the news agents to get our TV magazine, and then went into the chip shop next door. And there was a guy in front of us several feet because this chip is amazing with its social distancing and stuff and he was mm-hmm. there and everybody was masked up and he was asking the woman behind the counter he said oh how are you doing during lockdown she went, oh all right you know I'm kind of a bit stir crazy blah 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 same sort of answer that that we've all given and yeah. he said to her he said well when when's it all when's it all finishing she said well, what do you mean he said well there's like a date or whatever isn't there when it's all you know, it's all stopping. So I'm like, it's June the 21st. He went, oh, is that when they stop everything? I said, well, in theory. I said, apparently on June the 21st, uh, that's when when all the restrictions will be removed. Maybe. Who knows? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, that, that'll be all right then, won't it? I said, well, yeah, I guess so. And then he turned around. He went, he's doing, a, he's doing an all right job, though, isn't he? I'm like, who? He went, Boris. I'm like, I beg your pardon? He said he's doing all right, considering everything that's going on. I think he's handling it really well. So I looked at Annette and then looked back at the bloke and I went, I guess so. <laughs> so I'm not even... <laughs> and then the guy just walked <laughs> off. He just left the chip shop. So I said to the woman behind the counter, we were like, okay, that was an interesting conversation. She said, who was he on about? I'm like, Boris Johnson. She went, yeah, it's usually better off not to have those sort of conversations, isn't it? I'm like, yes, I don't want to be getting barred from a chip shop. That'd be really bad. He's doing an all right <laughs> job considering. Oh, my good God. No, he's doing a terrible job. <laughs> Absolute madness. It was the, just the craziest thing. I turned to Annette and I went, I'm so glad I'm podcasting tonight because I'm going to... Well, I, you know, yeah. I, I've got to tell you, you know, when you're in charge of a, a country that is an island and surrounded by water, it is really hard keeping people out and, it you is. know, your population safe. You know, it's, you, you know, it's not like these landlocked countries that can just put up a fence, you know, when no. there's when there's sea around, it's, it's, it's difficult. Hard. I mean, it's, uh, I know New Zealand have really struggled. Oh, no, they haven't, have they? No, they they managed it pretty quick. So well done, it's and New Zealand. I mean, New Zealand's totally different than the UK, isn't it? Because New Zealand's got like water all around it and stuff. Isn't it? So well, yeah, very different. Oh my! And New Zealand, you know the you know <laughs> land of uh, what whatever orcs and dwarves and everything. Well, it's something. Oh, it's like the so New uh, so Auckland and New Zealand went into a seven day lockdown at some point, either beginning of this week or, or whatever. So I saw the news article, it was like, Auckland to re-enter seven-day full lockdown because they found one case, right? One mm-hmm. case. Not even one fatality, one case. Bang, lock it down seven days. The UK, we're down to about two, 300 deaths a day. Go on, kiddies, get back to school. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Hang on a minute. Let me, which which would I rather live in at the minute? I'm thinking New Zealand and sheep sounds absolutely amazing. 
Uh, and then obviously the schools go back on the 8th of March here in England and how long do you reckon? What, what do you reckon will happen? Do you reckon they'll just lock everything down again or do you think they'll go, do you know what, tough, we're just going to have to deal with it? Um, well, I'm right in saying that, that according to the mouth of Boris, <laughs> um, we are not going back. Brilliant. So I think he's he's come up with the uh, with the idea of whatever happens, we'll just keep ploughing on and, uh, you know, if half the country happens to die then so be it i think we kind of talked about stuff like that before didn't we when it's a case of mm. i kind of get that we can't stay locked down forever because half the people in the country is probably half i'm being generous there are stupid and probably the world so it's not just a uk thing but because they're like oh we can go out in june the 21st yay let's all plan pub crawls and you're like really that's mm-hmm. not no don't be stupid and uh so we've got all that so maybe it is just a case of going, do you know what? Do whatever you want. And I think the smart people will stay out of the way. Because uh, mm-hmm. I was on the, the Teams call or whatever in the other week. And, oh, what's everybody going to do when lockdown ends? Well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to watch a film on my TV. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> See you all in August yep. or September, October. Maybe, maybe not. But so many people are already planning their 21st of June Oh, yeah. parties and you're like really what's the matter with you crazy but and that's you, you're gonna have to start paying huge amounts of money to secure your way into a club i'm sure because mm. they're gonna be absolutely rammed yeah, well, not not by me though i ain't going in no nope. uh we were on the the team's call yesterday and with the boss person and he was saying look home working he said it's yeah 2021 it's pretty much the way it's going to be we're not getting anybody back into the office anytime soon. So with some plans that are, and I have talked about with you, we're kind of like, hey, hey that kind of works. That fits in with one of our plans. And he said, even if we do have everybody back into the office so everybody can get together and see your colleagues, it's, you know, you don't have to do it. It's your choice. My like, good answer. I like this guy. Yeah, I'm liking it. Yeah, I could do that on a webcam <laughs> from wherever I am. Um, but Annette got her call today. She's got her job on Thursday. so I don't know which one she's getting yet but I'm going to make sure she asks Mm -hmm. just out of pure curiosity but I did tell her Mm -hmm. make sure you get it in your right arm because you don't want it going into the arm that you've had the nerve operation in which would be the left one and also be prepared to come back and just sleep for a day because apparently it just Mm -hmm. knocks the crap out of you but I don't know about you but I'd quite like to sleep for a day something I could take now that knocked me out for 24 hours I love it I really <laughs> well, I love it please I'll uh, I'll tell you if I sleep on Sunday because I get my jab on Saturday you yours then nice what's your thoughts on it are you sort of meh it is what it is or are you excited about it or are you like don't know I'm excited know. the fact that I'm getting one yeah um it's in my mind not going to change the way I am, I'm not going to run out and uh, start mingling with people, or like you say, I'm not going to yeah, I'm not going to start planning uh, my my clubbing night once uh, the restrictions are lifted Um, (laughs) but you know, I just see it as potentially there's a bit of extra protection for me. Well I was chatting to Annette, I said you do realise that once you've had your vaccination, you you, you can't go and visit people. You're still not allowed to do that. She went, yeah, but it's it's okay if you, the other person's been vaccinated as well, isn't it? I went, I don't think it is. No, I don't think so. I don't think you're, you're still not supposed to mingle yet. 
regardless of no. whether you've had your jabs or not. But uh, but yeah, do let me know how you get on with yours. But on, on all accounts, from what I've heard, the side effects are your arm will feel dead for a day. So just be prepared to not use that. And you just you potentially might just be so wiped out that you will just sleep for a day. So, and that doesn't take much with me at the doesn't, moment. To be so. fair, it just takes you not being at your day job, really, doesn't it? And you go right. Exactly. I'm out. I'm just yeah, practicing I, I for my Pfizer job. Wait for my for my work. <laughs> so. But no, I will. Uh, I look forward to the update, and I'll let you know how Annette gets on with hers as well. Sounds so good. I'm going to disappear for now because I'm going to go downstairs and have a little bit of food and see what Annette's been up to whilst we've been chatting. Mm-hmm. Um, hope everybody listening has managed to write down a few recommendations. We have kind of torn through quite a lot of films there, and we're up to date with the movie vault, so that is amazing. Uh, the shout out to Abel. Well done for liking M83 music. Happy to have recommended that to you. And uh, I will have a catch-up with you tomorrow, Rob. Yeah, and out of curiosity, anybody else having their jab or, have, mm. or has had it, do tweet me or tweet us both and... Uh, let us know if you had any side effects, because I'd be interested to see how many people do. Curious, yeah. But I know, I'm hoping I'll end up with telepathic powers that could just blow people's heads up by the power of thought. But I need to just stop watching David Cronenberg films, if that's in my... Uh, I was just thinking a spidey sense might spider, be cool I'd as be, well. Might, how about actual spider powers? That yeah. could be good. We'll, I'll watch out for you in the next Avengers movie. All there right, Rob, go. will you enjoy the rest of your night? Okay. And I will catch up with you, you soon. You too. Yep, take, take care. care. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.